Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. Sarah Timing is, is doing what a good agent should do and answering the phone and helping some clients right now, which I love. So she'll be right back. We got her right here. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So we're going to start off, which is the least talked about, and I would argue biggest story in real estate that we have seen in a few years right now. And it's about a federal court ruling. Uh, the district court judge at the U.S. Department of Justice uh came out with a ruling last week. So this is great news for the National Association of Realtors. There's been this longtime DOJ probe. It lasted, I think it started in 2019, and it it, uh, went back and forth. We're going to tell you the history of this here, but basically last week what ended up happening is Judge Timothy Kelly of Washington, D.C.'s District Court granted the NAR, National Association of Realtors, petition ruling the demand by the DOJ violated an executed and valid settlement agreement. So if you don't know the history behind this, I think it's important to realize, you go over this, and then, I, Stace, I want to get your take, is that there was this DOJ probe. Uh, this was started in 2019. They came to a settlement uh, by the uh, before the end of 2020, and NAR went ahead and agreed to all the terms of the, of the settlement and started implementing them. So the issue was that people felt Commissions were non-negotiable. Sellers' costs were inflated because they were paying a buy-side commission. And they had a couple things that were part of the settlement. One is real estate agents can't say it's free to work with someone on the buy-side, which is one of the stupidest things you can say as a real estate agent. Stacy's face says it all. We're on the radio. Um, additionally, you had to advertise cooperating broker compensation on a lot of these website portals. So NAR started to do all this stuff. And this was agreed to during the Trump administration. So then a new president comes in, and magically the DOJ says, you know what? We're not agreeing to the terms of this settlement, and we're going to open it up, which is unprecedented. And now Judge Timothy, what's his last, Timothy Kelly has said, hey, DOJ, you've got to agree to the terms you already agreed to. (laughs) So I appreciate the judge's ruling what do you think about all this, Stacey? Yeah, well, when when the DOJ um, came back um, to to try to open this can of worms again, uh, we that's what we were wondering. How mm-hmm. could they do this? Like, how is that possible? They agreed. It's already been agreed and settled, yep. basically. Um, and this is what happens. So, thankfully, um, they have to abide by their already agreed upon terms. But... Um, it, it's interesting. Um, there's a couple other uh, cases that are pending based yes. on the, the commission, um, seller's commission, buyer buyer agency commission. Mm-hmm. But how much money was spent trying to, um, you know, defend this? How much? I mean, it's such a waste to try to have to uh, defend a, a ruling that was already agreed upon mm-hmm. or a decision that was already agreed upon. So, um I mean, honestly, I think it's good news anytime that NRA can come on top. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so NAR, not NAR. NRA. 
<laughs> National Rifle oh, oh, Association sorry. you're talking about. <laughs> exactly, right. When the NAR yes. um, comes out on top, I think it's uh, very good. So, And I, I really believe that, you know, totally the DOJ overstepped. And um, it was this decision is correct. That was a bunch of nonsense. I mean, for a government agency to say, hey, eh, you know, we signed this, we agreed to this, and now we're going to totally turn back on it. So this is a big win for NAR, especially in light of the two commission lawsuits that one of them has reached class action status. So mm-hmm. this may not be the end of this. It's the end of the DOJ probe. And the the agency um, that uh, the, the Department of Justice, they sent the National Association of Realtors a CID, which is a civil investigative demand seeking information on two of the trade group's rules. That's what kind of opened this all up. Um, One was the participation rule, which requires listing brokers to offer a blanket unilateral offer of compensation to buyer brokers in order to submit it to an MLS, and the clear cooperation policy, which requires listing brokers to submit the listing to the realtor-affiliated MLS within one business day of marketing to the public. So it looked like they wanted some new information, uh, now, what, what happened was, w- with the ruling from Judge Timothy Kelly, um, he went out and said, not setting aside the CID at issue would deprive NAR of the benefit for which it bargained, the closure of the antitrust division's investigation into the participation and clear cooperation policy. And that's what, and that's what this judge ruled. Now, he was also appointed by the previous administration, um, and the government, like any party, must be held to the terms of its settlement agreements, whether or not a new administration likes those agreements. For this reason, the CID at issue must be set aside. Now, he did not rule out future investigations against NAR or even of the rules if NAR were to change the rules or the way it enforces them. So this seems like a very fair ruling. Um, I, I mean, even though the, you can argue who gets appointed by who all day long, Um and, and Judge Kelly goes on to say, none of this is to say that the antitrust division has agreed to never investigate NAR or some future version of course. or application of these rules. So I, I found this to be a, a pretty level-headed ruling, which you don't see many of. Um, so all, all that in mind, um, does the, is this foreshadowing for the commission cases? Because I think that, that the, oh. big, the big bone to pick here is commissions aren't negotiable I've been doing this over two decades. Commissions are extremely negotiable, and I don't know. We've talked about this in these in these commission uh, these commission lawsuits that are out there. What do you? Is this foreshadowing here? What do you think this means for those two Makes commission sets lawsuits? The precedent for it. Um, well, they they agreed to to the terms of this, so mm-hmm. it is settled. Um, so it's I guess that would be like settled law, you know. So I guess it would set precedents. Um, the class action lawsuit. Um, in my opinion, could be a way for lawyers to get very wealthy. Uh, so, Good point. Yeah, uh, you know, because that's why most of the time they're they're pulled together. Um, yeah, I think it will. I think this will come into play, and the NAR can definitely utilize this ruling in totally in their favor um, to to go towards that. Um, there's a lot of speculation, like why. Um, this continues, like why these lawsuits are happening, and why. Uh, the the negotiations or them saying that commissions aren't negotiated. Um, you know, these are a lot of small business owners. Um, and, you know, as small business owners, we're, 
were um, 1099. So we do have some benefits of some write-offs and things like that. So maybe there's more to this behind mm-hmm. the scenes of what's really, you know, what's driving these lawsuits um, than what really meets the eye. Well, that, that's a really great point. And, you know, this this issue hasn't gone away yet. This is a like a battle that got won. There's still a war here being mm-hmm. waged on agents and their compensation. And when you look at some of these statements afterwards, so, for example, um, NAR spokesperson Mantill Williams told uh, Inman News, we are pleased that the court has granted our petition to set aside the DOJ action and agree it is a violation of the settlement agreement. Thank you. Uh, NAR guidance for local MLS broker marketplaces has long been recognized to ensue fair, transparent, and competitive real estate markets for consumers and businesses. Uh, the rules of the issue of this case are subject to the antitrust lawsuits um, filed by private parties, and some of them the DOJ has intervened. No matter what happens with the investigation, those lawsuits are going to be ongoing. So there, there is going to be another look at this here. And the court's decision is going to limit the DOJ's ability to investigate anti-competitive industry policies, uh, according to uh, one of the uh, consumer watchdog. Uh, he's, a, he's a senior fellow for the Consumer Federation of America. I, I don't even know what that is. What is that? Uh, let's Google it here. Um, mm-hmm. Consumer Federation. This is what you know when you don't do something, everybody. Just Google it. You can probably <laughs> learn that from the show. It's a non-profit, it's a non-profit consumer organization. Uh, to advance the consumer interest. So, hmm. I mean, it, it's, it sounds like a lobbyist uh, almost, yeah, right? it's kind of vague. Um, yep. And that this group has pushed for a ban on home sellers offering buyer agent commissions, arguing it constitutes unfair restraint of, tra- of, of trade. And, I, I, I mean, we see people do this, though. And I, I, you see these, some, some of these, uh, who was the company? They, they, they lost his racks, right? They weren't mm-hmm. paying anybody. And they decided, right. hey, we're not going to do that. And their company failed miserably, and it hurt sellers. So mm-hmm. uh, th- th- this is good news here. Um, I-, I still don't think these lawsuits get settled anytime soon. I don't think so either. But um, if people would just understand that you're, you know, as far as for buyers go, if, if buyers had to add on top of it, um, a fee, a, a commission for representation, either by an agent or by a lawyer, mm-hmm. because most people don't understand the buying process and all the, the documents that go along with it. Um, that's money that could be going towards the purchase of the home. Mm-hmm. It's bit hard enough to get their down payment together and closing costs. I know in Pennsylvania, closing costs, you know, they're, they're it's pretty considerable. Yeah. I mean, you're talking so, on a three, four hundred thousand dollar home. It's you know fifteen thousand dollars in some cases. Right. So then you're you know you're limiting buyers' ability to actually get into their first home for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, so and there's so much noise about that too. You know, unaf- you know housing mm-hmm. housing's unaffordable for first time home buyers. There's so much of that going around. So it, add this on top of it. Add that the buyers have to pay for representation. Um, it, it's tough. But commissions are negotiable, fully negotiable. I've negotiated many. I mean, yeah. some agents are like, oh, I, I never negotiate my fee. First of all, I don't believe them. Right. And second, and I think that it's like right. a tough guy mentality. And secondly, if they don't, odds are someone else will. And my mindset is, well, it's going to work for everybody. How can we help the consumer? And maybe you do such a great job, you get some referrals, and then it pays for itself. So that, that I are, that's part of the mindset issue with agents. It's probably why we see an 87% failure rate. Yeah. I'm, what you said, you mentioned first-time buyers. I would argue that some people that are moving up can't mm-hmm. afford it. 
I mean, I, we've seen these transactions in the financial back end. Many folks literally get in within a few dollars or within a few thousand dollars. There's not a lot of extra money to move around. Right. I don't see buyers being able to afford that. Or if they can, they're not going to be able to spend as much on a home. And so it might be counterintuitive. And the the, the, the challenge is it, it, it creates issues with like down payments and loan to value ratios and, and all these other things. So th- this to me, I, I get sellers maybe feel i mean they probably got some like it was one of those commercials on tv do you feel like you were abused by a realtor <laughs> did, did did a realtor take advantage of you and right. I, what what concerns me with this is that those people also were home buyers at one point yes like you got it in order to be a seller they purchased mm-hmm. unless you're getting gifted a property or or inheriting it the majority of the time you're a buyer at one point too it, get, it, it it's a lot of money and you brought up how much people complain about affordability. I don't, I don't think that goes away. Um, so th- this is pretty interesting. This is a big mm-hmm. window for NAR. Yes, it is. So for real estate agents out there, they see this, should they say to themselves, Hey, we, we dodged a bullet here. Should they still be adjusting their approach? What should they be doing with this information? Because I don't, I don't think there's some, some consumers have no idea this is going on. Others are pretty in tune, and I find it's either it's one or the other. There's no middle ground here. What should agents be doing to adjust their approach in light of this information? Well, I think agents should always be upping their game, no matter what. Love that. <laughs> That's why you're you, Stacey Mitchell. That is very impressive and no surprise. <laughs> I mean, you have to constantly improve yourself. If you're just sitting back and saying, yeah, you know, I'm the greatest thing, and you're just going to get left in the dust. If you think you already know it all and already have it under control, no, because there's always somebody, There's a, in every sport, in everything, there's mm-hmm. always somebody quicker, faster, smarter, better than you. So you always have to continuously improve yourself to bring value to the consumer. That's my thought. So if you're sitting back, if, you, if you're if you an agent and you're like, eh, no big deal, you know, this is fine. No, you, you need to be able to convey your value no matter what. Convey it to the sellers, mm-hmm. convey it to the buyers, um, because that's really important, the consumer. I, I love that, and that's why you're successful, because you have that day one mindset, right? It never gets to, like, day two. That's an Amazon.com thing. It's a startup mindset. We, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. things you can call it. It's almost like the, the people, like, if you ever ran a race, right, and then someone out, out of, like, the back of the field just comes up and catches everybody and wins, yep. and – they don't see them coming. I, I think that that's what agents need to be aware of is there's threats out there they may not see coming. And if you're not honing all your skills from client attraction, lead generation, follow-up, moving folks through the process of, okay, we, we have the meeting, now what's next? Here's what we're going to do next. Here's how we're going to help you find a home. Here's how we're going to help you hone in and find a home. Here's how we're going to navigate the, the, the seller side, right, which I think is equally challenging, mm-hmm. th- then you aren't getting better. And these threats are going to keep coming just because yeah. this DOJ probe was was finally settled, even though it was settled before. As silly as this whole story is, it's still a threat. We don't have the DOJ is going to do what the DOA ugh, the DOJ will do what the DOJ is going to do, and these lawsuits we're not we have no control over those. And I would argue there's other companies out there because one of the things in the article that stuck out is that the Real estate commission pool is billions of dollars annually. The commission pool is going to be bigger in 2023 than it was in 2019, even though there's less home selling because of inflation and some other things. So if you think other people aren't trying to get a piece of that, 
whether they're businesses, whether they're tech companies. We're going to talk about a tech company story here in the second segment. Um, you know, Zillow, you name it. There's people that have tried to do it. Discount brokers. These threats are constantly going to be coming out of the woodwork. And real estate's one of the only industries that has not been disrupted yet. I mean, you look at travel agents. They basically got put out of business by the CEO of Zillow and some other people. You've got to work on your skills and show how you're providing value. Were you on that training we did with uh, Phil Jones last week? Phil Jones and Tom Ferry. It was a Zoom call last Monday. Yeah. Phil said something there that you want to shoot to educate. You don't want to shoot to win or shoot to kill. You want to shoot to educate. And if every agent adopts that mindset, I'm clear they're going to be okay and they're going to be able to navigate this climate because there's going to be more threats. This isn't going to be the last one. And the folks that think we've dodged a bullet here, it's it's not 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 a good decision. No, I agree 100%. There's, there's so many um, entities and people and things uh, trying to disrupt our industry. And like you said, what was the billions of dollars in commission? I'll, I'll tell you the number <laughs> here in a second. I mean, that's a, a that's a huge pie that people want to get their hands on. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think there's going to be more attacks coming, constant attacks. And, um, you know, we, we just have to keep doing what we're doing, be the knowledge brokers and bringing value to our clients. Great podcast, by the way, the knowledge brokers. That's, that's a great reference there. (laughs) That was a plug there. Thank you. Thank you. It was good. (laughs) Sarah's like, what happened? I just set an appointment. All right, Sarah, go get it. (laughs) Sarah's bringing value to her. Uh, to the consumer. Knowledge, yes, knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so here, here's the number, right? Are you ready for this? The commission pool. Uh, in 2021, where was it here? I just had it on Google, on Mike Del Preet's website. Great follow if you don't follow him. Uh, okay, $25 billion. Wow, that's huge. Of and, course there's going to be people clawing. And I mean, and, and so that's, I mean, and, and, you know, despite dropping volumes and Mike Delpre talks about this, which fuels revenue of real estate agents, uh, it's going to be 30. Oh, I'm, I'm, that's not even right. I'm sorry. It's 34% higher, which is 25 billion higher than 2019. So they're, they're calling it, it's going to be right around a hundred billion dollars. Very close to that. I think it's going to be like 98 or something like that. So of course, there's going to be threats there. I mean, this is big money that we're talking about, and all the more reason. You better know what you're doing as a real estate agent, or you're going to have some challenges. Mm-hmm. So we're going to leave it there. Big win for NAR, big win for real estate agents, but you can't rest on your laurels, okay. so keep that in mind. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got some merger rumors happening about CoStar and Realtor.com. We're going to unpack it all. I've got a prediction that's un- that's related to this a little bit. We'll do all that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. Mortgage America's equal housing lender, 
For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows Greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX main line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomTool.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. Sarah Timon's back. She didn't leave the show. Hey, hey. And we have Stacy Mitchell here as well and Gabe's behind the camera. We all work at the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool sales group. Give us a like. Make sure to follow as well. So this is an interesting story. Um, I, fi- I find this stuff fascinating with what goes on with these companies. So... CoStar, if you don't know CoStar, they're a huge commercial portal is basically the idea. And there was news that broke last week that CoStar is considering a purchase of Realtor.com's parent company. So Realtor.com is the largest competitor to Zillow right now. We work with Realtor.com. They provide inbound leads. They've been around forever, way before Zillow. And this all broke on uh, the 25th, so right after last week's show, and there's been these rumors that CoStar is going to break into residential real estate. They bought home, uh, HomeSnap is the app, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been feuding with Zillow, and now they are in talks to acquire Move Inc., which is the parent company for Realtor.com uh, from News Corp. So uh, they're talking about $3 billion trading hands here, according to a report from Reuters. This came out literally right after the show, and there was three anonymous sources there. So... With all that, do they do this deal? What does it mean for CoStar? What do you two think? I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like these, you know, companies are always are always doing this, so um, I can I can see it happening. I think it's uh, 
it'll definitely reignite the the Zillow feud if that goes through. So I'm sure there'll be a lot uh, a lot in the news about the back and forths between those two companies. Um, I'm for it. Why not? Right? Why not? News Corp owns everything. Oh my gosh, they <laughs> own so. I'm like I googled what does News Corp? Oh, I mean they own everything. So. What would their motivation be to sell it? Because I, I don't know if they need, really need money, right? But um, I guess, hey, it, it sounds like a great deal uh, <laughs> for them uh, monetarily. Um, but, yeah, for CoStar, this is going to put them in a position, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the residential portion of it. So it's just going to totally expand their, their business model. So I don't know. Do you think it's going to happen? So, I mean, a lot of people were surprised by this. There were some reactions from folks in the industry. So one was Spencer Raskoff, the former CEO of Zillow, and now he's the co-founder of Picasso. Um, he's not surprised that CoStar wants Realtor.com. I think that, that makes a lot of sense. He thought $3 billion seemed a little low. Um, and it was more he was surprised that News Corp would be willing to let move go um, it, because uh, th- they always viewed Realtor uh, as, as kind of a crown jewel of their empire because, like you said, Stacey, they own a lot of companies. Um, there was another gentleman, Pete Flint, saying he wasn't sure why News Corp would sell move, but that he totally gets what CoStar wants. And they've been trying to break into this market for a while. So I, I, I like the move for CoStar if they're going to do that. Uh, and when, when you go in a little deeper of this, so they bought Move uh, in, in 2014 for $950 million. Um, and News Corp, they operate like a media empire. The Wall Street Journal's part of it. So it expanded its digital real estate services beyond its home turf in Australia. So that, that's all very exciting for them. Um, and they own 80% of Move, uh, which apparently in November they valued it at $1.4 billion. So... That that's kind of the short of this here in terms of numbers. Um, from a from CoStar standpoint, Andy Florence, their CEO. I mean, he's really got a he's got a problem with Zillow. He's got a rivalry brewing where he said they hijack listings, they blackmail agents, and he made all these comments in late 2021. Um, and obviously, this was in light of like Zillow, where they had their uh, their i buying program. They tried to basically shut out agents from that. That didn't go so well. Um, that, you know, it, the thing is that his comments about Zillow, knowing what he said, Realtor.com basically does the same thing. <laughs> and they, they, they sell leads. They have a referral-based model right now. Mm-hmm. So that could, uh, that could bring the two companies into competition. So I think that would really ignite the rivalry here. Um, I, it would make sense. I just It seems like it's it's kind of a low number, what people are saying, that they would sell Realtor.com, uh, Realtor.com or Move for, for that number. Um, I also am not surprised by this. I think we're going to see more and more of these companies kind of moving together here and and and, and folding into each other. I think that's probably a, a, pretty, a, a pretty normal thing we're going to see moving ahead. So, I mean, do you guys think this actually is going to happen? I guess, I guess is my question. Well, I think if CoStar wants to be very competitive with Zillow, yes, it should happen you know, for them. Um, and it would probably be good for Zillow to have, a, you know, a larger competitive, um, I don't know, rivalry, I guess. Because right now they don't. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, they have the lock on the market. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a it's a verb now. Right. Zillow it. 
It's like exactly. Google it. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I hope it happens. I feel like it would be, um, I feel like it would be good. It would, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, the competition would be pretty fierce between the two. Um, and I think that would drive good things. <laughs> yeah. Competition's always good. So I've, I've got a theory. Okay, I've got my tinfoil hat out here. You can't okay. see it on the radio. I don't see Move as being the company that's going to get sold here. To me, the company that is more likely to get sold is going to be Redfin. And this may be smoke and mirrors for them to buy Redfin because Redfin's got the website that most people like. Um, I, I would anticipate that would be something that CoStar might be more interested in. And maybe there's floating this out there to buy Redfin for a heck of a lot less. I mean, that, I mean, now if that were to happen, would you be surprised? Hmm, I, yeah. Well, you've been talking about a wow. Redfin sale for yeah a bit, so mm-hmm. yeah, it all comes together. Wow, that's interesting. Who owns Redfin? <laughs> well, the, 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 I mean, they own themselves, right? right. So, I th- and their stock price. I mean, just to give a perspective here. So, question though. So, like, if Redfin's looking for a buyer. They probably wouldn't want CoStar to move on Realtor, right? Like they would probably want them to, you know, Redfin would want CoStar to buy them. Right. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly what they would want. My point is yeah. I think this might be some smoke and mirrors Got to it. divert the sale. So yeah. a couple things I know. Um, MoveCorp, it, they're publicly traded in Australia. And in that country's public equity rules, you must file when someone is interested in acquiring the company. So that's how the news broke. Um they're in talks right now. I don't think anything's finalized. And I'm not going to be shocked when these companies start to trade hands, go private, or even fold. Because I think there's a lot of real estate companies in trouble right now. I mean, all, all across the board. And, you know, it's something to be aware of for real estate agents. The thing that I know for real estate agents is that what do we get paid to do, Stacey and Sarah? Talk to clients and uh, sell houses. Sell houses, right? And a lot of people are going to start freaking out about this. I I, I take this as this is the world we live in right now. These companies merge all the time, and and, and they get bought, they get sold. And, you know, all these people are looking out for what's best for them. And when you're publicly traded or when you're trying to break into a market, you're going to do these things. I don't think it's any different when, you know— for like when we try to recruit agents or when we try to, you know, recruit a builder to come like let us like list all their properties or whatever else. So I I'm I'm a little skeptical that realorder.com gets purchased. I think Redfin could be the one that ends up getting sold because if I was them, my eyes would perk up and I'd be like, "Hey, if we're looking for a buyer, we've got a better website." Um what did Chris, Sm- Chris Smith call the uh, realorder.com? It's like Zillow for boomers. Like that's <laughs> so I I I I'm clear that you and we I know businesses that uh and and real estate teams and agents that do well with all these types of leads even redfin leads so mm-hmm. i just see redfin as the better um candidate here because when you look at like the market cap for all these companies so costar's market cap maybe we should explain what a market cap is okay. would, that, would that be helpful um yes so a market cap what it means it's the total value of all the company's shares of stock so what, what, how it all gets valued, because obviously the stock is out there. Not everyone owns it. So CoStar has a $31.66 billion cap market cap. Zillow's got a $10.45 billion cap. Redfin's market cap is $798 million. So there, there's a significant difference there. And let's see what moves is. So their market cap is... See now, this is it's tough because it's not in um, it's not in the U.S. So I don't know if we're going to get accurate data on this. So I think the, the whole point is that 
Redfin's the one that's like that's the company that's ripe to be acquired, not the others. So I mean, even if they they have the assets to do it, I could see them just if they got their website, that would be game changing for CoStar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that is the better website for sure. That's like the number one choice. But the problem is they all go to Redfin agents and mm-hmm. they can't convert any of them. Right. Right. I mean, Redfin will sign a referral agreement with agents at other companies to take a referral fee to get their leads. Oh, my gosh. You two didn't know this, did you? No, I did not know that. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Instead of just working the leads yourself. Well, you the, but their agents aren't, aren't, right. aren't trained to do right. that. They're, not, they're, they're like, hey, go show 50 houses on Saturday. Good luck. Mm-hmm. And they pay them by showing. So yeah. what do you see coming out of this? I mean, you know, I... I have this kind of conspiracy theory here. Do you think this happens? Do you think any of this happens? Do you think CoStar does get into residential real estate? I, I, I see this as a big move here. And look, I mean, look what happened last week, right? Boomtown got sold for a lot less, $330 million or, or something like that. So we're seeing the, the, these companies look to expand their footprint here. And that, that's, that, that, in my view, is what CoStar is doing. I think CoStar definitely wants to expand their footprint. Yeah. It's just how they're going to go about doing it. What, what are they going to acquire? Yeah, but I like that um, about Redfin. Yeah. It, it sounds like that's way more plausible that it would be that company that CoStar would, would try to, you know, try to purchase at this point than Realtor. Mm-hmm. Right. It is interesting the different strategies and, you know, ways that things eventually come about to be what they are. You know, the, the smoke and mirrors that people put out there or the um, – just leading up to it. But yeah, I mean, I think it would be smart for CoStar to um, to get into residential. I think they've been kind of positioning themselves to do that for, for a while now, um, just with the past um, mergers and acquisitions and everything that they've done. Um, and yeah, I mean, Redfin would, that would make sense if that's the, the route they went there. So we'll see what happens. I'm, last thing I'm going to do is go to these comments here because I always find this so interesting on these Inman articles. So here's some of the comments. Tell me what you think about this. Um, one is uh, comes from a gentleman named Mark. So as shared by, uh, he believes NAR needs to reacquire the brand and that NAR member investors should take back Realtor.com. Um, I, I don't know. That, that sounds silly to me. Um, so we all buy shares in it. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, that, that's one thing that I, I found pre- pretty interesting. The second one was I found it ironic that Andy Florence claims Zillow hijacks listings but fails to discuss the monopoly created with the acquisition of LoopNet a few years back in the commercial world, which I totally agree with. Mm. Um, so if you guys don't know what LoopNet is, you can look at it it's, it's a commercial portal, and CoStar owns it. So um, the, and you know, on, on the commercial side, the number has gone up close to 4,000% to list a home on LoopNet right now. And they don't even make you put all the information in there. So, um, but what they what they do is they do credit everyone to the listings, unlike obviously Zillow has a flex agreement and that sort of stuff. So if Realtor.com gets sold, do you think they go to like a flex model or are they still going to go to market-based? Because they're, they're testing both right now. They're doing both. We just don't have it have it here how do you think, let's say it does get sold. What do you two think happens? Do they do they do the same thing Zillow is doing? Do they do something different? What's your take there? I would think it would be similar to what Zillow is doing um, because Zillow is able to profit from that. It's very right. profitable. Um, so, you know, why reinvent the wheel when they can just kind of follow that business model and maybe tweak it a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, to, to improve it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think um, that would probably be the way to go for them. And then you're really competitive. Right. 
So wait, are the two different ways that they would be testing it either doing something similar to Flex? They, or... they, they're doing this now. It's called um, it's called Market VIP. So they have a referral fee based model. It's not in our market yet. Um, it's a little different because you have to put a lot of upfront cash up, which Zillow you don't. You mean so, the, like the brokerage or like the the team? The team so would be buy into it would first. be buying into it first, and then still having like a flex type fee, or because didn't Zillow used to be before it switched to flex? It was the other way, right? Where you did pay upfront or for like being linked with them. I'm, I'm, see, it's, uh, truthfully, I don't know the I don't know the answer because we're not doing it here. It's only one way. But what I, what I've heard is is that it's either buy the whole market out or they have like op city which is like a referral fee based model um and so it, it can't they're testing both out to your point yeah. well i think um you know as a it as a brokerage or as a team if you're putting your skin in the game there then you're going to take it more seriously because you're actually right. investing into something first before you're actually seeing a return on that investment right mm-hmm. so um that that may be the way to go because right, it's going to have the also, serious players. Yeah, so, right. So I, it could go two different ways. Like either that way you're going to have the serious people that, like, believe that they can do it and right. they're willing to put the money in. Yep. Um, now, if you had people that didn't have the money to put in up front, then maybe you potentially don't get them versus, like, with the flex route, um, you're only paying it once you get a deal done. So um, I don't know. Interesting. It's a good question. Yeah, it is a good question. I but think this is all the stuff that's going to happen, though, right? I mean, people have seen Zillow be successful. Now, CoStar's got a lot more money to play with, so I think that that helps. So it's this is where it gets, I think, a little little murky, and I think that's why it's something that you should pay attention to it, but then keep focusing on what everyone does best here, which is sell houses. Exactly. Right. And, and I mean, I think it's also important, you know, in across the board always, but when things like this are going on, don't just have one place that you rely on to get mm-hmm. all of your leads from. Like, have your different lead pillars, have your different ways of going out and connecting with people so that if there are changes that happen or if things don't go exactly how you predicted or, you know, if the payment structure changes or whatever, that you, you're you not solely looking at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're firm believers in that. Yeah, in our For sure. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. So... Keep your eye on this one. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we are going to go over the housing market tracker from Housing Wire and Logan Motoshami, Motoshami, excuse me, and talk about where the market's going next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Mortgage America is lender. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. 
Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. All right, all right. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Give us a follow. Make sure to like us as well. And what we're going to talk about next the housing market tracker by Logan Motoshami. So I love that he's putting out this data because so often in real estate, and this the same thing could be said for the Fed, is they, they, they work off lag data. It's like what, what just happened. It's all reactionary instead of being proactive. So the, this comes out every Monday on Housing Wire, and it looks at three key statistics that will tell us the direction of the housing market. So I'm going to lay out the data, and then I want to hear what you two have to say, and then we can unpack this a little bit and talk about the pending home sales rise that we saw in the month of December. So uh, purchase application data, that's number one, showed positive weekly growth, and the bounce from the bottom is more noticeable. So it went up, uh, what's the number here? Um, so it looks like that the... What, what they saw here was uh, it was 3% growth from last year and 25% growth from the week before. So it was 20, uh, they were up 25% and then again 3%. And the key is that the year-over-year declines have stopped going lower and we've risen noticeably higher from the bottom. So that's one piece of news there. So purchase application data is up. Housing inventory decreased by 6,468 units, a pretty pronounced decline from the previous week because we saw first week beginning of january we saw a little bit of a bump um then uh it, it declined and then we saw the same decline again uh this past week so it went from it was initially like like 1300 home decline the week before now we have a 6500 roughly unit decline and the last is that the 10-year treasury bill has not broken it's kind of maintained and uh it's not going lower than the critical level that uh logan identifies as as it might be might be a, a bit of a problem there so we're seeing rates stabilize we're seeing a slight decrease in housing inventory and we've seen purchase applications jump so what do you what do you two think about all this that spells competition 
and uh, we're back to multiple offer situations, you know, and back to our aggressive offer writing, um, offer writing um, things that we used to utilize, you know, waiving inspections. We're seeing that now. We're seeing uh, bridging the any appraisal deficit. Um, I wrote an offer over the weekend. We're back to offering to pay the sellers 1% transfer tax. And we're still not getting our offers accepted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's it. It's creating that, um, yeah, that that serious competition again. Let's, I mean, sellers, let's go. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. We can fix it. Yeah. <laughs> the positive thing is, my sellers are super excited. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I'm happy for them. Um, you know, it is it is tough again for buyers out there, but uh, you know, you just I think that for the most part, consumer buyers have realized that. With the the dip in the interest rates, it's a good time to get back in because um, they're kind of stabilized now. And I think most folks realize that it's not going back to those unicorn rates anytime soon. And if you put your life on hold forever waiting to time the market, then Mm -hmm. you're just you're going to just waste more money. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. We just we need more inventory for this not to <laughs> to go in the direction that it was that it was before. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think there are a number of sellers out there that are kind of waiting a little bit because they want to, you know, I don't know, list in like April, and it's like let's just <sighs> go now, you know, go now, right? Um, so, you know, hopefully. Hopefully we'll get some more listings. Yes. <laughs> I think overall, though, this is really, really positive. Oh, now, yeah. I know this is a big week for other uh, news coming out. Um, you know, the the feds are meeting, right? Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? Two days, right? Um, there's a jobs report coming out. Um, so there's a lot of big news in, in the works and coming out this week. So we have to be mindful of that to see what happens. But for the most part, I think the interest rates are going to stay because the rumor has it, it probably would only go up, what, a quarter basis points, 0.25? It's, it's, a, it's a 98% chance. Okay. And this meeting's happening tomorrow. It's so tomorrow. Okay. Um, according to the CME Market Watch tool, this updates every day. So this is actually a pretty great idea to see what, what the Fed's doing. So um, right now they are predicting a 25 basis point increase. Um. It's at a 98.9% chance. That's what happens. A 1.1% chance there's no movement and a 0% chance there's a 50 basis point movement. And I think the rates are kind of going to stay where they are, Mm -hmm. no matter what the Fed decides. I agree with that. Yeah. Now, again, we, you know, we have the job, jobless claim data coming out and the job openings data um, and the jobs report. So we'll see what happens as far as that. But Again, you know, with the inflation numbers, um, we just had a conversation this morning about this of the Fed's target of 2%. Mm-hmm. Like, where and when is that going to happen? Like, shouldn't they amend that or just admit that we're not going to get there anytime soon? That Not that I can see, unless some really dramatic policy changes happen. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of folks out there that are saying the Fed needs to slow their roll entirely. And mm-hmm. they need, because it sounds like they want to do a couple more of these increases to the uh to to you know they, they want to keep doing these 25 basis point increases over the next couple of months and uh, logan motoshami's one of them but he's pretty adamant that they should slow their roll a little bit here so 
given that we've seen rates, and, and I agree with you, the, 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 the 25 basis point increase is baked into pricing already. That, that's already mm-hmm. happening. What, what I'm concerned about, Sarah, to your point, is inventory. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing these multiple offer situations, but I don't think a lot of people predict it. Uh, I mean, they thought, oh, the, the market's going to keep going this way. Some homes will sell quick, some won't. Until inventory comes up. Now, it is up significantly in our market. We're seeing like a 1.5 to a 1.7 month supply in the Burbs, 4.77 month supply in Philadelphia. That was less than a month last year and less than two months in Philadelphia. So we've seen a jump. It's just not enough with the demand that's out there. And we talked about this last week about millennial home buyers. I mean, they're, they're just constantly getting shut out of the market. So my hope is the Fed doesn't do anything crazy. I'm worried that they might because of what we're seeing with home prices in these multiple bid situations. Mm-hmm. When is this is this the eighth? Have they done eight and this would be the ninth in one year of like for rate hikes? Oh, wow. Really? That many? I thought I heard that on NPR this morning. Let's look mm. at the historical data. Okay. <laughs> so so there were you- seven rate hikes in 2022. So this would, okay. This would be the eighth consecutive. Has there ever been that many in history? I mean, that's a lot. That's Seven a lot. in one year? Yeah. That's a lot. I love that he can just pull this information. Oh, I know. Okay. So. Um, and while you're looking for that. So I, I found something um, that Lawrence Yoon said. You probably saw it too, Tom. But it says every decade we're adding about 20 million more people living in the country and if we don't build new homes, one wonders, where do they live? <laughs> so, of course, we need to build new homes. So we go back to, we talk about this all the time. I don't know how we can build our way out of this. There's just, you know, it really truly is a lot of people that want to purchase. We have a lot of buyers and not a whole lot of inventory. And right. I think it does go back to the 08 crash where a lot of builders went out of business they pretty much stalled on all projects till like 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now the new projects have been ramping up and getting done. You have seen, you know, over the past couple of years, a lot of new construction. Now we don't see as much anymore. Yeah. It's definitely it's it's definitely in like pockets, you know, mm-hmm. like there's certain areas that, that I notice it. But across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we would have to. I wonder. And my my thought is. What would have to be the rate of build to, you know what I mean, <laughs> over the next 10 years well, but see, just the, to satisfy the, the supply? In the Northeast, it's just not going to happen because, right. I mean, unless people start moving out of these large metro areas, there's nowhere else to build anything. I mean, the, right, the right. new construction developments that get done. So Edgemont Golf Course, that's one. Now where the oh, yeah. venture development is, but yep. that took forever to get approved. Usually the new homes are on these, like, horrible pieces of land yeah. that mm-hmm. were not developed for a reason. And... Yeah, I, I, I get it. And we haven't seen a lot of like vertical builds in places like L.A. That's one of the challenges out there where it's all, you know, one, two, three story properties. But, you know, if, if they would have gone vertical, they would have been able to accommodate a lot more people. Uh, so I'm not finding this, by the way. So we're, we're going to I could be Googling <laughs> all day here. It, it, you know, it, it, in some places, new building will work. It's not going to work here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the challenges that we run into. And, and these people just these baby boomers aren't giving up their properties like they're just not right. selling them. It's, it's, it's that it's that simple. We have a lot of big corporations in this area, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're in the tri-state area. So, I mean, we, we have all the big cities, Philly, New York, you know, a lot of um, big companies in Jersey, um, even into Maryland and and Delaware. Delaware is a hub for mm-hmm. the financial uh, industry. So, 
a lot of people move into this area yeah. because these companies keep expanding. It's not like they're shrinking. Right. So we, and we don't have enough housing. I mean, there's been these, um, you know, these monster size uh, apartment complexes that have been popping up too. You've seen them. Right. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it seems like as soon as they're completed, they're full. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, because it looks like there's so many of them and you're like, oh my gosh, great. And then it's like, oh, they're full. And then, and then for the most part, if they stay here because of their job situation, they're going to want to purchase. So yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. Well, there's, there's some folks that, and I think this is where the challenge comes in that, that, and, and if, if this pace keeps up and baby boomers don't liquidate their properties, because that, that's really the log jam in the marketplace right now. It's not lack of homes. It's lack of available homes is, is, is the challenge. And these 3% rates and what they've done with the rates has been. A, a bit a, a big issue why we haven't seen a lot of inventory come to the market and we're seeing pending home sales they rose again in December so despite what everyone's saying um, you know we were we were seeing a 2.5 month over month increase in the number of pending homes that sold according to NAR in December um, and you know with, with with mortgage rates going up and coming back down this we're gonna be continuously in this cycle until some of these folks start to liquidate and for home buyers out there, I think you're going to see more people add on to their home than they have in the past because a 6%, 7% rate, it's a lot more affordable to get that kind of construction loan or get some some sort of addition or private financing. Um, it's it's going to be folks that have a reason to move, and th- there's still going to be plenty of homes that sell. I don't I don't want to paint this doom and gloom picture. It's, you got you got to just know what you're getting into right now, and. Because of all the money that was put into the system, a lot of folks bought homes they probably wouldn't have bought prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely not gloom, <clears throat> gloom and doom, but it's there is a, a you know, a supply issue. Um, and baby boomers are living longer now. So right. <laughs> not a bad thing. Now, <laughs> not a bad thing, but that, you know, that yeah. adds more to it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like for the new construction that we see around here, I mean, I do see a bit of that being, um, you know, seen like 55 and like plus communities yes. or whatever. But I mean, really, I guess, in order to get the boomers to move out of their big places, they need to have we need to have like some very ideal mm-hmm. places for them to go that actually would be downsizing. They don't want the yards to take care of, so you're not having to find as much space to put them on. But um, they need mm-hmm. to. And a lot of times, some of the boomers, it's not really um, it, it's financially a lateral move. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have equity in their home, but maybe it's not, maybe they don't have the giant house in the main line, but they have a modern, a modest home in the burbs. Mm-hmm. So, and then the new construction, the 55 plus, I mean, there are, some of them are starting at what, 750. Right. So these boomers are like, well, I can't get into that. Right. You know, right. my house is like worth 450 and I'm right. not going mm-hmm. to jump up to a 750, you know, right. home sale yeah. when I'm entering my retirement age right um, like i'm not trying to take on a mortgage <laughs> right. so some yeah. people are caught in that quagmire yeah um so for them there has to be solutions too right uh, i know there's been some creative financing around that that's been going on um with some kind of um uh what do you call those reverse mortgage kind of things from their equity of their home and they put it into the new home and mm-hmm. but they never have to pay that back because it's a reverse mortgage type i don't know that's beyond my great here right, because right. I, I'm not into the financial, but I've heard of those things. Right. So right. there's, they're trying to make some financial products solutions to those, to 
for those issues. Well, I, I've had this conversation at a pretty high level with some mortgage executives, and it's like, how do you take your rate somewhere? Can you buy down the rate? Can they sell it to somewhere else? And, and if you can solve that, then you solve this issue. Until that happens, it's going to be a tough, tough sell for a lot of folks. Taking so, your rate with you would be awesome. You can do it in Canada, I think. Anyway, okay. that's it for this week's episode of Tool <laughs> Time right. Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. You want to follow Stacy? She's at the number two Mitch Co. on Instagram. You can follow Sarah at Ty underscore Ty Time. That's with a Y. You can follow me at Tom Tool 3RD at Tom Tool 3rd. And we're streaming live every single week. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. And we'll be back next week with Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.